Welcome to The Valley Geeks, the voice of women in technology. Join us as we check in with women in our technology industry and at our universities for their perspective. Where there's a will, there's a way, and where there's a woman, there's another way. The Valley Geeks is inspired by the Anita Borg Institute and Admiral Grace Hopper. And I just lost all of that. I have to do it again. I'll try to be more exciting. Welcome to the Valley Cakes, a voice for women in technology. We're your hosts. I'm Emery. And I'm Cal. Oh, that was so much better. You know, we tried another version of this, and Cal took about 30 seconds before she realized. And somebody deleted it. How did that happen? <clears throat> That's what we love about technology. When you learn new things, you're going to make a few mistakes. But what's the fun of doing it right the first time? <laughs> you don't have to do it a second time. Point taken. Now you're just sound silly. Whatever. I'm a PhD student in information systems. I love technology, and I always have. I am a psychology and German uh, undergrad, and uh, I like everything that's open source and freeware and anything that's not made by Apple. Mac, Apple, it's all the same. They're the Antichrist. Well, they're not the Antichrist. They are. (laughs) They are. They have. They have a view of the world and. It's not our view. One of the questions we get is, why do we have this podcast? I can tell you why we have this podcast. But one of the reasons is we need more women out there talking about technology. And we said, hm, we're women. We are women. We like technology. We're going to start talking about it. And we're going to let everybody hear about it. <laughs> yeah, everybody hear us. <laughs> Loud and proud. <laughs> Woo! Wait until we see our subscribers go up. From I, we actually already have six subscribers from our promo episode. Is that impressive? Six people. Six. Six, six lives we can impact. It, you got to start and mold. mold. <laughs> but uh, the other reason we have this podcast is I listen to a lot of the technology podcasts out there, and I'm always arguing with them. You know, even though they can't hear me. And they see, say things like, nobody would want to do such and such. Like, one of their favorites is netbooks. They're just so useless. Why would anybody carry a netbook? And uh, I can tell you, half the women in my uh, classes carry netbooks because they're not so damn heavy. They're small, and they come in pretty colors. No, why would you buy a notebook because of the color? I buy a car because of the color. Why would I buy a... <laughs> A PC before the, because of the color. All things equal, why can't I have the color I want? So, just a whole different perspective and uh, the fact And plus, it has the same computing power as a normal laptop or well, whatever. So, not as, depends on the, uh, certainly had the same computing power as the two year old laptop I was using at the company where I was working. So, <laughs> I, w- I wasn't going down in computing power and uh, literally fits in my purse. But, you know, those podcasts are, are primarily um, male-oriented, and they don't, they don't carry purses. No, they don't. Well, <laughs> I'm sure there's a select group of Special purses. Bags. Yeah, they call it a knapsack. That's really a man's version of the giant oh. purse. They just carry it on their back. But yeah, um, the whole concept of whether it fits in a pocket or not determines whether it's portable. You know, we have, we have a little bit different scale. So instead of arguing with these podcasts, we're going to tell them what we think about it. Boy. We have a, we have a lot of thoughts to share. Since we're on the non-traditional stint on today's episode, we are talking to somebody in a non-traditional form of computing. We are talking to Dr. <laughs> Kylie Pepler. Oh, yes. 
took me a couple tries to call her Doctor instead of Captain. I guess I was watching way too much Star Trek. Captain Pepper. Captain Pepper. But uh, very interesting, very interesting subject. The whole concept of uh, making computers out of softer materials because those are people relate to them differently and uh, the way you assemble them is very different than uh, traditional soldering and wiring and nailing and screwing. You actually assemble them through sewing and lacing and um, a pillow gluing. computer. Yeah, the pillow computer. Heck, you know, that's an interesting idea. You could have a speaker in your pillow computer and, you know, it could play your your nighttime uh, a book to our music to put you to sleep. That's a great idea. You could take it on planes and you wouldn't have to pay $50 for a blanket and pillow. Hey. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think Dr. Kylie would love to hear that idea. Anyhow, sure. um, our next segment is an interview with her and you'll know all about... Uh, the new version of soft computing when we get done. We are talking with Dr. Kylie Pepler of Indiana University. Dr. Kylie is currently Associate Professor of Education at Indiana University in Bloomington. And she has a lot to tell us about alternate forms of computing, specifically soft computing. Dr. Kylie, tell us a little bit about your undergraduate. My undergraduate background is psychology. So when I got to graduate school, I started doing some research on arts education, the benefit learning of those types of things. Investigating now for a while uh, an, an agenda around media arts and thinking about the role of computation in the arts, but also the role of the arts in uh, computer science. Psychology is not exactly the usual direction to technology. Well, you know, you know, well, you know, life is always kind of an interesting path. But um, my first foray into it was uh, some of the work that I was doing in my fine arts. Basically, I had to do a lot of welding. I I did uh, sculptural installations where I welded together an entire arch, um, brought in sort of my own electrical circuitry into some of my sculptures so that they would light up. Um, and then sort of did some stuff with sort of graphic design and flash and that kind of thing. Um, but in the in the lab, we had to use a lot of those things for different purposes. So we actually had to make and sort of program a lot of our own machines to do actually had um, to make and testing. And and so I started looking at Scratch as, as sort of a media art platform and looking at how um, the arts and computation are really combining. And I did a copy to, to folks like John Ada and sort of Mitchell Resnick and Ada more broadly. Sort of where it's at with um, Leah Bukley. Uh, so my work with Scratch is, um, uh, I won't say it's over, it's complete. My work with Leah, we've really kind of moved on into looking at and sort of moving computation and um, uh, all of that off the screen and into the physical environment. And that's that's important for a lot of reasons, but but um, my interest in youth, children, but these physical artifacts can really go places that the screen cannot go and really uh, affect and change underrepresented fields like computer science and all of the fields really. Um, these become important issues uh, to and, and projects to really start to change what that landscape looks like. So talk to me about e-textiles at the Grammys. Uh, no, at the Grammys. So yeah, yeah, Imogen Heap. Um, well, she's done a couple things with computational textiles, but but this this was pretty high profile. So she um, 
she put together an outfit with um, her necklace, or basically the top part of her dress, uh, was was basically a live Twitter feed. So she was receiving basically uh, tweets from all of her fans that then would basically go across the LCD screen and, and display those messages in real time. So she literally took the fans with her across the runway. That's amazing. You know that she won a, a Grammy as an engineer that instead of award. So, <laughs> so you wonder how much of that maybe she had some actual input into the dress and into the uh, design because she's a, she's a sound engineer. Yeah, I, have, I haven't looked deeply into the story, but but um, that's kind of what I hear, yeah. Now, you've done a, a series of workshops. I went and looked you up on the web, and most recently the one at the um, Indiana Celebration of Women in Computing. And is this kind of a... a um, on tour? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you know, we we um, have started doing some of these workshops just to kind of popularize these materials because, as I think, you know, these are commercial available to materials that people aren't aware of that are out there. Um, and so, you know, we did the Indiana Women in Computing last weekend, and I just did one at the uh, MacArthur Digital Media and Learning Conference. Earlier this fall, we did one on the Indiana campus for uh, faculty and staff here. Um, so it, it it's a lot of fun. It's been it's been it's been a good time, and and hopefully, uh, well, actually, I have seen already a lot of people take these things up and then go home and take the materials home and, and really start working with them. So everybody from local knitting clubs to the music professors to the dance studios to um, the fine arts groups and and uh, now the the computer science groups. Um, none planned right now, um, but we do have a, um, a uh, blog that then we post all of these sort of upcoming events on. And so, so anybody can interested can in that? Give me that URL and we'll put it in the show notes. Sure. Yeah, we do. We are in sort of discussions of doing one at Purdue um, over the summer with some high school students. With the um, this is something that kind of came from the um, the Inwit conference, and and uh, and so we will probably be there this summer. The uh, the the um, blog title is computational textiles, all one word. Dot blogspot. Dot com. With those, mm -hmm. it was um, at the at the workshop. It was uh, really interesting to see the the uh, girls light up. And, uh, <laughs> literally, <laughs> literally, because these uh, kids had uh, thread that conducted electricity and a battery and uh, an LED. So, yeah. um, but uh, what uh, my observation was that getting these soft materials in their hands, they had a comfort level that, mm -hmm. that they did not have when if someone had handed them a soldering gun or uh, a circuit board and say, here, you know, make it light up. But yeah. they, they got the needle, they got the cloth and the needle and the thread. They were like, oh, I know how to do this. 
<laughs> I know you're giving me chills right now. Yeah, I, th I think that that's exactly the point. You know, it's really, um, you know, Leah Bukwe is really uh, uh, one of the um, people really pushing this in the field, which is you change the materials, you really change the audience. And uh, she's done some preliminary work. She actually just finished a, a small study with the Mechanical Turk, and she just looked through and, and um, with the Lilypad Arduino projects and compared them to the Arduino projects. And Arduino's been been really popular with um, like Make Magazine, a lot of the robotics initiatives, and there's a lot of different Arduino boards. And you know, she really designed the Lilypad Arduino to really put these soft um, fabric-based uh, materials into the hands of, of different users. And, and, you know, primarily she's interested in bringing women into computing. Um, and it, it's done exactly that. You know, the uh, results of her informal survey there just demonstrated that 65% of the people creating uh, lily pad projects are known to have known uh, to be uh, females, while uh, in comparison to the Arduino projects, only 2% were female creators. Now, I think you brought around the Lilypad projects to show us at the workshop. Yes, it's yes. Like the Bluetooth kind of the, in, a, in a circle. Uh -huh. a circle and like spokes coming out and one was Bluetooth and one was speaker. Yeah, yeah. So the Lilypad is actually just a microcontroller. It's a wearable computer and, and it can be sewn in. So really the, the soft circuit is really a, a first step into all of this, you know, sort of just doing some of the, um, you know, the hardware and the infrastructure and then, then sort of the next layer is to bring in the computational parts of it. And so the wearable computer can be programmed from either a Mac or a PC and sewn into clothing or, um, uh, stuffed animals or anything, any sort of textile object, really. And then uh, there's all sorts of sensors. And so a lot of a lot of times we don't talk about the you know physical computing a lot um, within computer science or within fine arts. You know, we just kind of have uh, have overlooked that because traditionally we just we just haven't been very creative with those materials. Um, but there's a whole suite of of um, of sensors that are. Lily pad specific, which means that they can all be hand washed and all of that and sewn in. And then uh, you know, lily pad's also compatible with any other type of physical or almost any other type of physical sensing that's out there. And, and so uh, you can really sort of mix and match these things together. And the the um, uh, like you were saying, yet yeah, there is uh, some wireless communication. There is uh, a buzzer. There's a light sensor, a temperature sensor. So all of the things that you would normally see in the robotics kits, essentially, um, have been sort of made for the lily pad. And the, the robotics kits have been very popular with introducing um, computing to younger ages, and specifically um, uh, in some of the STEM workshops. I've seen that they actually um, construct the, the robots, but yeah. it, it seems to me that this is a, an opportunity to move them from a foreign material, which the robots are for the most part, with Legos. Legos are somewhat unisex, actually a uh, female um, preferred material. Yeah. Yeah, and what's funny, you know, I've been working with kids in Chicago and then here in Bloomington, is it's not so much... Uh, <laughs> you know, robotics really has general, you know, generally sort of lost a lot of female interest in, in the in the work. You know, it's the hard materials. It's things that that traditionally aren't found in the homes of, of young girls, and if they are, they're kind of in the boys' rooms or their brothers. Um, and then these these sort of 
soft materials are, I would say, equally inviting to boys and girls. But I think most importantly, they're inviting to girls and, and that they really want to stick with it because of the implications for fashion design and other types of things. I would say my brother and I played with Tinker Toy together. That's a, that's a much older generation. And yes, yes. Enough, but uh, you know, he, would, he would not have touched any little thread if you, <laughs> <laughs> you gave him a choice in it. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's really nice to sort of claim some territory and some materials. And and a lot of times, you know, we sort of buy into, um, you know, robots as being um, sort of the future of all of the um, uh, technology initiatives. But but really, you know, a lot a lot of things are moving in the soft textile direction. So just recently, MIT released um, that they have a camera that's all fabric based, and so they're really um, we're probably going to see a lot of things move from um, sort of hard plastic into soft fabric types of things. And so I think, you know, moreover, I think that this is really the future of the field and, and what we're going to start seeing. You know, I can see a lot of like the handheld stuff, like the iPad and the um, uh, the iPhone, all of those things kind of going more textile because then they can, you can put them in your pocket and they move with you. It's not this hard, solid object. Um, you know, we're, we're a ways away from that, but I, I can see that, that future coming. And then also, you know, things that you could wear in your jacket that then could respond to your physical environment so that uh, sort of like a la Bill Gates's house, um, the physical environment could respond to who you are personally and put your favorite music on, uh, dim the lights to exactly how you like it, open the windows, do this and do that, um, and, and uh, you know, open your email page as soon as you walk in the room. And so you can start to see how um, these types of things are really going to change our, our everyday experiences. It's interesting how already um, consumers are trying to transform those hard electrical devices into something, a, a soft material. First yes. thing I see most people do is buy a case for their phone. Yeah. Because the slippery, you know, surface is cool to look at, but it's impractical, and they, they want that leather feel or that, and, and on top of that, they can customize it in terms of color. Exactly. Exactly. So you can start to see that this is this is really, um, uh, you know, it appeals to everybody, I think. And, and some of the you know, a quick YouTube search, you'll start to see, um, if you search e-textiles or computational textiles, all of sort of youth clothing, you can start to see these LED displays that, that would be really hot for taking them to, to dance clubs. Um, <laughs> I can see advertisers getting interested in that as well. Um, uh, you know, with Imogen Heap taking her dress to, to the Grammys. Um, and uh, if you want to check out the um, dress that's on display right now by Cute Circuit up at the Chicago Museum of, of Science and Industry right now, it's got, I think, a 40,000 LED display. And, and they really make uh, diamonds look passe. <laughs> so, oh, my goodness. <laughs> so you can, you can, I mean, there's beautiful um, uh, videos of all of that on the web. And, and, uh, you know, all, all of it is just really going to change sort of the future of fashion, but the future of, of sort of our everyday products. We're certainly coming a long way from when you could only get your PC in black and silver and finally were able to get in color, and now you can actually um, potentially embroider your own PC. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the same goes for, um, you know, art. You know, uh, Maggie Orth is doing some really interesting things with photoluminescent paint. Um, and and really, you know, it's not something that is uh, um, 
it's not an LED. The paint itself actually lets off um, light as it is um, uh, as the circuit kind of goes through it, and then over time, it actually changes the the look and feel of those textiles. and And she's really been pushing on industry to really put more money into this field. I mean, this is really an industry that hasn't been highly invested in for a long time, and I, I think we're about ready to see that change. Now, a gender based question on that: Do you think the interest? industry hasn't been interested in it because they don't think there's a market or because the designers are predominantly male and don't have a preference for it. Yeah, I, th- I think that's generally what it's been. I, you know, I think, I think in general people are, are, it's hard to imagine with materials you've never worked with, you know, so you can tell people that this is the future, but, but I think as we have some of these salient examples of what's going on and things become cheaper, they become uh, more widely available and these kits, especially, I think, uh, um, you know, Maggie is a, is a, um, designer herself. She's worked with a lot of the major companies, textile companies, and, and she's really kind of the, um, the figurehead that started this entire field while she was at MIT. Um, you know, in her opinion, she thinks that there just hasn't been enough uh, people with the basic skill set to really know what could be the future of this industry. So, so I think as there's more education efforts like what we're doing now, um, there'll be more interest as people kind of trickle into those, those industries. So you mentioned the kids again. Suppose um, some of our listeners who are um, mostly instructors or involved in this sort of thing, they want to get some kids and put on a um, workshop as, as part of a outreach to high school students or to university students. Where would you get them? Sure. So uh, Spark Fun Electronics has just about everything you need to get started. It's Spark Fun. And it's, yeah, Spark Fun Electronics is at sparkfun.com. And uh, on our blog, basically, I think it's the February 12th and maybe the earlier that week, we have, we have uh, highlighted from, highlights from the NWIC conference, and we also list the, um, the things that are found in the kit, and the, there's a little picture of the kits that we passed out at, at the conference. And, and so uh, I think to get started, it, it really is, uh, you know, kids like to dream big, but it's really best to start with a simple circuit like what we did at the workshop. Um, and so the, inside the kits that we handed out, there is a, a needle tucked into a little piece of quilting fabric. And we just bought quilting squares. And so you can get those in a variety of colors and shapes and things like that. And so that's nice that everybody has a little piece of textile that they can work with or they can bring in their shirts or things from home. Um, and then there is a coin cell battery and a battery holder. The coin cell batteries, you may want to look around on the web. There's other places you can get them for like 25 cents or so, but you can certainly order those through SparkFun. Um, the, uh, then there's also a push-button um, switch, but there's also a slide switch, and so either of those would be good ways to get started with the uh, simple circuits, and there's certainly a lot of other ways to do uh, handmade circuits as well. So that's one part of it. Um, and then the, the little lily pad LEDs. Um, if educators are w- thinking about bringing the cost down, you could uh, substitute some of those LEDs for things that you can get at the store. And again, you can get those for just a couple cents versus I think the, L- the lily pad LEDs at a bulk price of 100 or more, and they're about a dollar. Um, and then there's the conductive thread um, in there. And that's really all it is. It's just simply the switch, the LED, the conductive thread, and the uh, coin cell battery holder. And the conductive thread is also from SparkFun? 
Yes. And, and they only have one type. There's, there's several different types of, of conductive thread out there. Um, I, I suggest this one, and, and they sell it through their website. The uh, major frustration for some of us was threading the needle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, very, very soon. Um, right now, there is a certain size needle that you need to use to be able to get it through all of the pieces for the lily pad pieces. Um, the holes are a little bit small. So uh, one thing, you know, there's several different things you can do. One is to kind of cut it at an angle with some really sharp scissors. Uh, two would be to use a little bit of wax at the end to keep the thread from unfraying. Um, and uh, four... Some of us who are already crafty-based, we're, we're desperately wishing for our needle threaders. <laughs> yes, yes, needle threaders would be great. Um, you know, any of those types of things there for sure. So, you know, if you're doing this um, with some young kids, you could probably just get a few of those together. Yeah, yeah. But in the uh, Lily Pad 2.0, um, one of the revisions Leah's are currently working on is to actually make those little holes a little bit larger. And that, that's for us as well as for uh, more senior citizen groups that are interested in sewing and putting the stuff into some of their work um, to make, make these uh, materials a little bit easier to deal with. And you mentioned kids. How, how young yeah, of an age have you um, given, uh, tried out these kids? Um, I'd probably go as young as second grade, probably not too much younger, unless you have, um, you know, there are some kids that, that have some experience sewing at home. I, I know I did when I was a kid. I sewed quite a bit with my grandma. So, I, you know, I might have been interested in it in, as early as kindergarten, but, but I, I'd say second grade is, is a pretty good bet. Well, now that Barbie's a computer engineer, I think the next thing on our docket is to have the Girl Scout merit badge for uh, creating an e-textile. That's right. I would love that. That would be fantastic. Sew <laughs> it on their own sash and um, have it light up as they uh, go to their award ceremony. Yeah, through the um, uh, National Science Foundation, we have a grant right now. The uh, we are coming up with a new programming interface with, for the um, the lily pad, and then uh, also working on a um, a new website. So basically, all of this kind of information can be stored there. That'll be called uh, Lily Pond. Lily Pond. <laughs> Great name. Well, Kylie, thank you for giving us more detail about the uh, e-textiles. Um, along with this, we'll be hearing a few reactions from the workshop participants. Excellent, excellent. Okay, and you know, there's, there's certainly a lot of pictures on our website as well um, that you can feel free to, to pull down. So. Interesting interview. I see it's already <laughs> given Cal some ideas. <laughs> New meaning to the word software. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. And uh, if you look on our website, go ahead and mention that right now, www.thevalleygeeks.com, you'll see the show notes. You can download this show. You can find out more about the things we talked about and get some links to some of our speakers. So... Uh, if you keep track of Dr. Kylie's page, you can see where she's appearing and what workshops she might be doing. But, uh, yeah, great fun her workshop was. You should get a chance to go to one of those. I think you'd enjoy it. I want to go find the book that she recommended, I think, with e-stitchery, How to Assemble Projects Using Softer Materials.
we have more from the Indiana Conf, uh, Indiana Celebration of Women Computing. We have interviews with students. People just like us. That's right. And these students were in a poster contest. And as a result of submitting their posters, two of them won scholarship, which is really impressive. And, of course, uh, later on, the results of those posters can be published because most of them um, were working with an advisor and working towards that goal. And uh, I went around to talk to the various students, and uh, they were very receptive to the idea of being interviewed. <laughs> I stuck a microphone in, in their face, and they, I said, tell me about your research. And they, they were very well organized and gave me a great little, you know, one to two minutes feel. A few of them gave me quite a bit more, and I'll be editing those. <laughs> Still, it was the... Uh, it was a great experience. So here we go on to the interviews with the poster presenters at the Indiana Celebration of Women in Computing. We're here at the Indiana Celebration of Women in Computing with one of the students who's presenting a poster. Tell us your name. My name is Tracy Glass, and I'm from Murray State University. I'm a junior in computer science. Excellent. Uh, this is my poster on graphical rendering with Pauvray. Um, Pauvray is a free tool that you can use to create three-dimensional graphics that are high quality, and you can do anything from very abstract to extremely realistic images. Excellent. And how would you use this in a uh, realist, uh, real-world application? Um, a lot of people could use it for, um, I guess, graphics and games or mm -hmm. other images like that. Mm -hmm. um, we used this in my, one of my classes last semester, and we've also used it for uh, small video game programming that Excellent. we do, so that's one of the other things. It's very, very easy to learn. Um, I started with it, and I ran with it. I love, I love it. It's so easy to use. All right. Thank you, Tracy. You're welcome. And I'm from DePaul University. I'm a CS major. I'm a sophomore. And? I'm Yvonne from DePaul University. I'm a sophomore, also CS major. Okay. Can you tell me about your poster? Sure. Um, basically, our title is the Cyber Culture Hodgepodge. And you see in the middle, we have the uh, comparison between American Facebook and the Chinese version of the Facebook, which is called RenRen.com. People, people? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. people. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And you see from this page, um, it basically highlights the differences of the web pages. Although they are, they both highlight the interpersonal communication between different people. But uh, you see the Eastern version of the this kind of website. It highlights the collectivism culture, and which means um, the person wants to uh, get to know more about other people, what they are doing. But <clears throat> for American Facebook, uh, usually. People just highlight the individualism kind of feature, and <clears throat> they usually want other people to more to know more about themselves. So accordingly, we have like different applications. We have different <clears throat> highlights. For example, um, this is an interactive game uh, developed by the uh, Learn.com, which is an interactive game, and <clears throat> uh, people can just. Uh, do a lot of funny things with their friends, like they can steal their plants and they can put worms on, on their farm plants. And also, um, they can do a lot of good things, like 
um, to water the plants for other people. Yeah. So this is kind of a, a virtual communication between people, but it also can gain a lot of emotive. So this is like their version of farm bill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And each one can have their own personal. He, can you form. tell me about these icons over here? Uh, this icon is like um, it's an international website that is not specified Chinese version or something. Like that. And it's optical illusions. And this website man, mainly designed for uh, maybe. Uh, have uh, some fun, and uh, if you see these pictures, uh, it's only black and white, but when you look at it, uh, it's like moving, <laughs> and uh, give you some uh, fantastic illusions, and uh, from our posters, we uh, collect a lot of uh, interesting websites, and this one is take part. And um, the most in interesting stuff or most uh, uh, important stuff will pop up on this website. And you can send email or leave message or uh, ask for help uh, regarding to some events that you are interested. And uh, like from this side, uh, there are some. Uh, uh, very like like it's kind of like work online and this is like new version of PPT it's like students maybe prefer to do this rather than using their PPT to do presentation because it's more uh, it looks more fantastic and it's easier to use you can yeah better designs you can just change the, the photo and you can edit the text and the framework is over there and it's okay. up to you. Is this accessible here yes. from the United States? Yes, yes. It's Excellent. actually from United States. Yeah. But it's like uh, in in the uh, in the end of last semester, I didn't know about it. And when I went back to China, and some some friends told me that, uh, what do you do you use when you do the presentation? I I, I told them PPT. What? You are still using PPT? We are using Vix. <laughs> And they show me, and ah. I search online, and I found this, and it's very helpful. And next time I do presentation, I will use this. Well, thank you. I think I'll go up and go out and check out Vix also. <laughs> Tell you, tell me your name and where you're from and what year you are in school. Okay, I'm a junior from Purdue University. My major is not strictly in computer science. You're not a computer science. No, I'm from I'm in statistics and that's uh -huh. real science. Uh, but I'm working with a professor at Purdue uh -huh. from Department of Technology. Okay. He's actually in CIT, Computer uh -huh. Information Technology. So we work on this project. That trying to investigate uh, a wide range of STEM related projects in Purdue. STEM here stands for science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Okay. So all these STEM related projects are designed to promote female and other underrepresented involvement in these fields. So um, my job on this project is trying to. Um, Gather different all the data on this STEM promoting project mm -hmm. and trying to build a database um, presenting all this data. 
So essentially, there will be a database um, formulating or um, deriving um, a series model that tells people what approaches are actually effective in trying to get female and other underrepresented groups into STEM fields. So um, we started our work um, December 09 received RRB approval, we started our process September 09, and received RRB approval December 09. So currently we're working on doing all the interviews with Purdue faculty and staff, and gather all the information, and uh, the interviews are supposed to end by uh, March 2010, and there will be product deliverables, which is the database, and a publishable, publishable paper by the end of May. Excellent. Thank you, that was Yan Yan Ma from Purdue University. We are still at the Indiana Celebration of Women in Technology, and today we have with us Ed and Ashley of the famous Ed and Ashley's Five Minute Show. Woo! Thank you, and we also have Gail Farnsley from Purdue. Excellent. So, Ed, what's your favorite part of the conference? My favorite part of the conference is having a lot of students participate. So one of the great things about these smaller regional conferences is that it has so many more opportunities for all of um, the conference attendees to participate in the conference and really own the conference and create this sense of ownership to create a better conference because they're feeling that it's, it's their conference. I sat in on your lightning talk, Ed, and it was very entertaining. And Ashley, you gave a lightning talk also. So tell me what's your favorite part of the conference? Um, for me, so this is my fourth regional conference, I believe, at this point. I'm a senior now, and I started attending them as a freshman. Wow, you're at, an old hat, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, at this point, definitely. And so at this point, my favorite part is definitely seeing people that I already know. Because it's really hard at first. I'm like very much an introvert going up and like talking to strangers. <laughs> like, hi, I, okay, yeah. <laughs> okay. And then we have a faculty member from yes. Purdue. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say, I enjoyed, people came into the dinner last night and were really, at first you could see people's faces, they didn't want to sit at a table where they didn't know anybody, and I just was mesmerized at the level of the volume in the room. I used that as an indicator, and you could barely, you know, people kept talking louder to talk over the other tables because there was so much discussion going on, and it was, most people sat at a table and they didn't know anybody else, so the, the idea is that being able to see the other people. Excellent. Okay, we had a tablet down in the foyer that people wrote things on, and one of the things was on there is, what is your favorite thing about computing? Mm -hmm. Ashley. I love coding. Excellent. Ed. I love boys, but that, that's not going to be my favorite, but I did write that on there. Um, I love to create something from nothing, and that's what, what computer science is to me, is just being able to build things. It is so great. I see the Frankenstein effect, a future Mary Shelley. And your favorite and your favorite thing about technology? I, I just think it because it, it just opens so many doors and there's so many things you can do with it. You can pick you can be interested in anything and and apply technology to it. Excellent. All right, that closes our not so many questions from the Indiana <laughs> Conference of Women in Technology. I actually, um, if you can tell, I was at the Indiana Celebration of Women Computing. It was, really? uh, but Cal, you were doing your midterm then. Can't I love getting good grades. Yeah, well, thing. 
keeps you in school is not a bad thing. School. My semester is on a whole different schedule, so I was able to take the weekend off to go do there. And what's really nice about that uh, conference is there's a lot of opportunities for students to interact and present. And they had um, companies there who were looking for interns for summer. Very well organized. Um, so I recommend if any of you have uh, the opportunity to go to a small regional conference. Um, it's certainly uh, a great experience. In spite of the snow, oh, it snowed a lot that weekend. And Indiana doesn't snow as much as it does uh, further in the north where I come from. And I was quite shocked to head south and get more snow than I had up north. So. Anyhow, next episode, we will be doing another segment from the Indiana Celebration of Women Computing. We'll be talking with, talking with Dr. Kay Connolly, and she's from Indiana University. And she'll be talking Hoosier. about another, another Hoosier. Another Hoosier. I'm sorry. And uh, hopefully uh, you'll join us for that. And she talks about why she got into technology and the new field that she's involved in, which is bioinformatics and working with uh, sensors for health and um, you know, transmitting information about uh, uh, people for uh, medical reasons, which brings up my interest of uh, blocking those transmissions to oh, anybody. It'll be like that life support thing, except better. You know, when yeah. the old people it's, fall, it's I've right. fallen and I can't get up. Press life yeah. support. Yeah, instead e of having to pre press life support, the uh, life alert. <laughs> It's the new version. It's the uh, ramped up version of Life Alert, where they're kind of tracking the uh, ordinary activity, and when it doesn't, you know, ordinary activity changes, that there's possibly a problem there, and a person may need some help, and they don't have to, uh, you know, hit the little Life Alert. So, so uh, look forward to that for next time, and also some more interviews with the students because we have quite a few of those, and then later on. But I think that's it for this week. Yeah. Cal, uh, Cal said that you're going to come up with some great geek cheers for us so that we have a... Yeah. <laughs> Kick him in the knee. I'll Wait, figure out something else. else. Something right I'm going to work on totally. something technology related, I totally. promise. I'll, totally. I'll pull all my CS friends. Maybe do some really bad jokes about hardware and software or something. I don't know. We'll software. figure out something. Like the ultimate software. So, anyhow, that's uh, been great... Uh, Having this time to share with you and look forward to our next episode. And that's a wrap. Signing off. <laughs> I'll save that for a rainy day. open source software, we'd have a couple bugs, you know, things might crash for once in a while, and sometimes you just look at it and go, why? <laughs> <laughs>